What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody, and we have gotten rid of Kevin Sherrington. A plus. He has left the building. It is just me and Barry Horn. A plus. Here in the studio, but for Rangers Podcast, Ballsy Rangers Podcast, the first one of 2016, we are joined by Michael Young, my arch nemesis in life. What's up, Young? big plus. What's happening, guys? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Young? That's me. Why are you guys nemesises? Nemesi. Uh, Because we argue a lot. I argue with Michael more than I do with my wife, I think. It, it, listen, this is, we don't argue. He makes stupid points. I prove him wrong, and we move on with our day. I, I know how Evan and, and, and Mrs. Grant make up. How do you and Michael make up? I, I think he, he, it's, it's usually like a lot of groveling on his end. <laughs> <laughs> he admits his mistakes, and then we just go on living our life. It's, it's really simple, actually. In, in that sense, it's a very fluid relationship. Young, why, were you, why did you not become a lawyer? What's that? Why did you not become a lawyer? <laughs> you never saw me in school, bud. I think you're giving me far too much credit. Uh, I think you can make some pretty persuasive arguments. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, uh, so do you want to talk Hall of Fame or do you want to talk Rangers in 2016? First? I'd love to talk anything, anything related to all sports, man. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's the new year. I'm excited. It's a, the new year. You're excited. All right. We're going to have a Hall of Fame announcement here in the next uh, day. Okay. Um. I think you saw my ballot in the paper. I did. Uh, uh, I will go through it again here for our listeners. I voted for Ken Griffey. No, th- no thought process involved there. Mike Messina, Mike Piazza, Edgar Martinez, Larry Walker, Alan Trammell, Trevor Hoffman, Kurt Schilling, Tim Raines. I'm missing one. He, you know, he's just doing this all off the top of his head. It's an off amazing the dome. I like performance. It. It's a big head. I'm, I'm missing um, one name. But uh, where do you stand on the Bonds and Clemens stuff? Um, uh, listen, I mean, I'm, uh, since, you know, since the steroid era first came out, I've been very anti-steroid um, guys getting into the Hall of Fame. For one reason, listen, it has nothing to do with the moral high ground. It has nothing to do with me standing on my soapbox or being on a high horse. It's pretty much very simple. I think we have, because they were enhanced players, right, in my opinion, that's not the player they were meant to be. So in, the, in that sense, we have no idea who they really were. I have no idea who those guys should have been. Right. I have no idea the, where they, the way their careers were supposed to play out. So if I, if I have no idea who that player truly was, how can I sit there and say, of course, he's a Hall of Famer? I can't. The, you know, the argument that I get on social media and, and that a lot of people make to me is that there was never, neither Bonds or Clemens were ever suspended for, 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 for performance-enhancing drugs. Um, uh, I don't think that any of the trials ever came to any kind of verdict that indicated they uh, definitively, willingly used any kind of steroids. But my perspective on this whole thing, and the reason I didn't vote for either, and, and the 10th guy that was on my ballot was Jeff Bagwell. I can't believe I left that name out. Uh, the reason I didn't vote for either one of these guys is because I think this is not, the Hall of Fame is not a, it's not a criminal justice system. It's not about guilty or innocent. There's certainly a preponderance of evidence that these guys uh, did know what they were doing and that they did, uh, in my estimation, these are my words and certainly not yours, that they did kind of toy with the system and drag the game and uh, 
taxpayer money to a, to a large extent through these investigations and these trials. Well, listen, that's a fair point. And I agree with you in the sense that it's, this is not a court of law, right? But it, because of that, we aren't, we aren't talking about uh, the one argument that I don't like, especially when it comes to, to bonds, is that, well, he would have been a Hall of Famer regardless. Look, the, look at his body in Pittsburgh and looked how he, he was on a Hall of Fame track before he became Superman. Well, we don't know that. Right. We don't know what he did in Pittsburgh. You know, these guys, for me, I think, I think Barry's thing was he didn't knowingly take steroids, right? Right. Is that what he said? Okay, so he right. basically, he did it. Right? I mean, I mean let's, let's not kid ourselves here. For me, I mean, let, you can't sit there and draw the line between a guy like Barry who you say would have been a Hall of Famer had he stayed on a clean path. Okay? Because there are other Hall of guys who out there who, look at Brady Anderson, right? Right. Brady Anderson hasn't tested positive, has he? Correct. Okay, he had, what, he hit 13, 14, then jumped to 50? Correct. Okay, what if he had done that for several more seasons? If he had stayed on the stuff, which he clearly knew at that point he was capable of hitting 50 homers. Right. What if he had stayed on it and pushed himself in the Hall of Fame category? Would he be a Hall of Famer? I would say absolutely not. Right. He is not a Hall of Fame player. And I think Brady Anderson was a hell of a player before he hit 50 homers. But we don't know who these guys truly were. We don't know who they were supposed to be. And because of that, I mean, they made their decisions. They made the decision to sit there and try and become guys that they became, which was, you know, against the rest of the competition, were the best pitcher and the best hitter in the game. Can I make a ruling here in the uh, case of Evan versus Michael Young? I rule for Michael Young. Let's move on to the Rangers. Well, wait, I, I just want to say one thing here. You're going to come up for Hall of Fame uh, eligibility here in, in several years. Uh, a large portion of your career was played during the steroid era. So... Whether or not, you know, you are a Hall of Famer, and everybody knows that, of course, I'll vote for you, and, and probably I'll take a lot of uh, grief over that, but are you and other players who were, defin- who, who were by all evidence clean during that entire era, are you guys punished just for having played during that era? Do we need to not look at any players who played in that era? Well, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't know if punish is the right word. Um, I, I do think that if you ask Queen players, uh, they're disappointed uh, and a, you know, a lot of large portion probably angry against with the fact that they had to compete against these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it incredibly difficult. You know, I remember facing guys who were on 85, and I look up at the radar gun a year later, you're still on 93, and I'm like, give me. I'm just looking at them saying, you are so full of doo-doo. Steroids. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it, it pisses you off as a player. But at the same time, I mean, it, you, you, then it just becomes competition time. I don't really care about that. It's just time to go out and do my job. Um, so I don't think punished is the, is the right thing to say, but at the same time, I mean, uh, it, it did make things a lot more difficult. But uh, no sour grapes in that sense. just made things difficult. All right, we are, we are now officially in 2016. We're less than six weeks from the start of spring training. Uh, on social media, the impact, the input that I've gotten from a lot of Ranger fans is, when is the big acquisition coming? When is the big acquisition coming this winter? Uh, as a member of the front office, what would be your response to that? Well, I mean, uh, the first one I would say is, uh, I think the, the, a, a common theme last year, uh, at the trade deadline was when we got Cole Hamels. That was geared towards 2016. I think a lot of people hadn't wrapped their arms around the fact that this team had the potential to win the division in 2015, which, of course, it went on and did. So there's your first one. Uh, and along with that, in that same trade came Jake Diekman. There's number two. So I think that those are two guys who weren't here last spring. Um, 
that are going to be huge for our team going forward. Having said that, I think the bit, one of the biggest um, things a lot of our fan base has wanted uh, and a lot of the writers have wanted is a right-handed bat. I mm-hmm. think that's, that's one thing people have commonly said is we need right-handed hitting to balance out the lineup. Fair enough. I get it. I just, uh, my personal belief is that it happens to be very in-the-box thought. Because if you look at our numbers, I would say um, on our left-handed hitting, in the beginning of the year, Chu was scuffling, Rugi was scuffling. Look what happened in the second half when those guys really turned it around. I'm pretty sure we became a lot more difficult on left-handed starters. Having said that, I'm not talking about Clayton Kershaw's or Madison Bumgarner's. They're going to be tough on anybody. Right. But Or Chris Sale. And this is a team that did beat Chris Sale and Clayton Kershaw in the same week last year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so anything can be done. Now, you, you give this team a chance to grow, and now we become better. In an ideal sense, would we get another right-handed bat to even on the lineup? I'm sure the answer would probably be yes, but at, but at what cost? Right. You don't just get a right-handed hitter for the sake of getting a right-handed hitter. You and get one that makes sense with our team now and get, makes sense that gets one, you know, uh, moving forward. If, you, if, if that you, fits not there, you move on. Do you I, – I think if there's – John Daniels has said on a number of occasions that this team's number one priority in the offseason was to acquire another starting pitcher. Uh, there have been some some guys that have been added. A.J. Griffin is a low-risk and potentially intriguing possibility coming back from injury. Uh, but there has not been a, a established starter added. Does this team? Uh, you and I have 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 had some baseball talks about about the importance of deep pools for starting rotations. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand right now on on where this rotation is going into the season? Well, I think it looks good. I mean, you consider where our, where we're at with um, with Cole uh, leading the way. Uh, with Darvish coming right back behind him. Having said that, you is coming off Tommy John, so I don't think anyone expects him to sit there and just be guns blazing out of the out of the gate. You know, he's gonna need some time to kind of get back into standard you Darvish form. Um, you know, we have Derek, we have Martin Perez, obviously we have Colby back. Um, you know, we have a couple guys waiting in the wings. Um, having having said all this stuff, I mean, you can never have enough pitching. It's one of those things where you know the more the merrier. The more depth you have, the better especially when it comes to the young guys. Uh, but I think this is one of those things where, I mean, what do you, if you look at this winter, if you want an ace starting pitcher, uh, good luck. Right. Uh, difficult to do. And uh, a byproduct. Well, there's been a lot of good starting pitchers available. It's just that the market prices are. Bananas. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it that's, makes that's Cole Hamels yeah, like exactly. an absolute gonna, bargain right now. Cole looks pretty damn good right yeah. now. Um, but, I mean, I think one of those things is also, you know, because of that, now you want to make trades as opposed to paying top dollar. Now, all of a sudden, the people who have those very tradable pieces are going to be com- in a you know, considerable you know, spot of uh, or, or place of leverage. Um, so I think our starting pitching looks fine right now, but I think the, the clear strength on our team right now is this is probably going to be the best bullpen we've ever had, literally ever had here. It is, if everybody stays healthy, it has the ability to be an absolute monster bullpen with great pieces on the front line, uh, potential pieces to slide into a closer role if there were an injury or to slide into a setup role if there were an injury, and and reinforcements. No doubt. That said, you know, the talk has been, and what we reported uh, during the winter meetings was that there had been significant talks with Arizona about the possibility of trading a reliever, possibly Sean Tollison or Keone Kella for a, a starter like Archie Bradley or somebody else. Are you, Where do you stand on the idea of would you be willing to trade from that deep pool of, of relievers to enhance the rotation? Well, I think that, I mean, I 
I think everything uh, in terms of our club, I think you'd have to look at, you know, I'm sure, pretty sure J.D. Thad and, uh, and the rest of the guys that they're looking at every avenue to make our club better. I, I think for me, what you hear with the winter meetings, especially with social media being so active, <laughs> you have to take it with a grain of salt, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure Rugi was in some talks, too, uh, from, from, from the offseason. I'm pretty sure people are talking about, yeah, this team would love to have Adrian Beltre. I'm sure Prince was in some talks. Those right. things don't really amount to much. Right. I think we do, one thing our organization does recognize is what a massive strength we have in our bullpen. Uh, every single guy in there uh, has carved out a great role for himself you know, through performance uh, and work. Uh, I think there's a power arms, there's the ability to strike people out. There's a very competitive and aggressive mentality those guys bring to the table, which I love. Um, so I think it's one of those things where we're sitting pretty right now. And not to mention... Uh, we don't. Even though Deakman's left-handed, we, he he gets right-handed guys out. Even though Dyson's right-handed, he gets lefties out. We don't have to play the right-left game. Right. We can go on who's rested, who's healthy, and let it rip. And, and look with with Deakman, with Deakman Freeman and Faulkner sitting there, you're you're deep on the left-handed side. It's 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 a far different situation than where this team Spring was going year. into 2015. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, Michael, there are two guys on this team that that you played with and and know very well. That I wanted to touch base with you before um, before we let you go. One is Mitch Moreland. Um, you, you saw Mitch uh, when he first came up, um, and and you guys have had a, a strong relationship. You know there had been significant talk about him potentially being dealt this winter uh, as a way to kind of balance up the lineup. Uh, do you think that will impact Mitch's approach? And and where do you think Mitch is right now? Does does 2015 represent who Mitch Moreland truly is as a player? As opposed to what? Uh, as opposed to the guy who had struggled more against left-handed pitching in, in the past, and and who, you know, he I, I think for 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 the majority of his career, he's had what amounts to a, a lot of injury issues. Yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing with, with Mitch is just is just keeping him on the field. Um, I think going back, you know, to your point, I think that this that was very. Uh, I think Mitch gave a very clear indicator of or his 2015 performance was very representative of, of who he is as a as a player, as a hitter, and as a clubhouse presence. Uh, I think he made great adjustments. He was tough against left-handers, um, played banged up as usual. Um, I, I don't think that his name being in trade talks will, will affect him a bit. I think, if anything, he's used to it. He said for some, some guys, you just have to deal with that during your career. He's had to happens. deal with it a lot during his career. Yeah, it just happens. Um, and you just go on and you go and you keep playing. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, once seven o'clock rolls around, it's about competition. Um, and Mitch is a very competitive guy, so I don't think any of that stuff will bother him at all. Um, I think that he's also know he recognized where he's at in his career, where he's at in his, his service time, and those things aren't going to uh, affect him one bit. So I think that he's um, you know, he's locked and loaded for 2016, big year for him. He is going into a free agency year, and and so this is an opportunity for him to really. Um, uh, increase his market value. Uh, does does a guy like him, does a guy like Mitch, put pressure on himself to put up the numbers for 2016? Um, I don't think so. I think that well, one benefit of being a, a, a free agent um, is being on a winning team. That's big. Mm-hmm. And the last thing he needs, he has to do, is can think about carrying the load, think about his numbers. Because when you look at the standings, you realize you're going to be in the middle of, of winning. All the other stuff kind of just seems to take its rightful place in the backseat. You know, you don't really worry about that stuff. You have so much to deal with in terms of trying to be competitive. 
Evan, quiet. Evan, quiet down. Hey, buddy, buddy, buddy yeah, give me a little break here. He's playing remote control cars, man. You guys are that's bothering him. That's right Evan. Now, that's Evan making that noise. <laughs> was that, who was that? Was that Mateo? That was Antonio. And Mateo's 10 years old, man. Tighten it up. Okay, sorry. That's Antonio. Anyway, um, I, I, I do think that um, uh, I think Mitch is, is, is in a great place mentally. I think he proved he's proven a lot to himself. You know, as an athlete and really any other, any other job or whatever, if you have challenges in front of you, you continue to meet them. You just continue to prove things to yourself. And I think that's where Mitch is at now. He's dealt with trade rumors. He's dealt with having his role questioned. He's dealt with being pushed to DH, then back to first, and he's still standing. He's still pushing forward. What so about, I, I love where he's at. What about Elvis? Um, I think Elvis is fine. I think, uh, obviously, the, the way the season ended was tough, right? But I love the kid, man. I mean, didn't hide behind anything. You know, for those of you who are – uh, you know, at that game, stood in front of his locker, tears coming down his eyes, clearly disappointed. Made no excuses. Ab- no made excuses. absolutely no excuses. He said, I messed up. Yep. Um, and I, one thing I don't buy is, you know, is this going to be the lasting image of his career? Is this going to affect him? No. I would say that's a, a huge no. Um, I think he was very, very disappointed with the way it ended. Um, Having said all that, I mean, you have two choices. You sit there and dwell on it, or you, or you move forward to the next challenge. And he's got one in front of him now. He's on a team that won the division last year, is very much favored to do it again. He's fine. You're you know, not worried we, about him one bit. We had him on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. And one thing he did tell us was that uh, almost the, uh, either the day after they got back from Toronto or the day after the series ended, that you visited with him and, and talked with him, and, and he, he talked about what how important that was to him. Um, yeah. What did you get out of that? Or, or I don't want to go into, hey, what did you tell him? Right. What did you say to him? But what was the, the purpose of all that? And, well, and how do you think he received it? Yeah, I think I was just friend to friend. You know, I gave him a shot, called him up, uh, or shot him a text real quick after the game, um, not expecting to hear back from him. Uh, but then the next day they got back, and I just, you know, got in my car, drove over, and uh, got to his house, and I said, open up, I'm here. And his mom opened up, I gave her a hug, I talked to Elvis a little bit, and, um, you know, without getting into specifics, so, you know, we just talked about what happened the night before, and I said, listen, man, I was like, this is life. <laughs> Sometimes life's a bitch. Sometimes you just, it, it, it hits you. Right. You know what I mean? This isn't a, to me, it wasn't a baseball issue because um, we all make mistakes. We've all made them in 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 spots that don't mean much in spring training. We've all made him in hot spots in big games. Um, and then um, Elvis has had his, his fair share of massive moments in big games. So this is just baseball. And at the end of the day, like I said, this, this is just life. Um, and you file it away, you learn from it, and you push forward and get better from it. Um, you know, accept, a, accept what's in front of you now is a big challenge. Um, and go out and prove something to yourself, not to anybody else. Uh, but go out and just play with a lot of love for the game, a lot of just play for the pure joy and passion of it, and go out and prove something to yourself in 2016. And I think that's where he, that's exactly what he's going to do. One thing I will say about Elvis, and I know that people see Elvis laughing and joking and, and all that, and, and so they they form kind of a perception that he's that he may not be all that serious-minded sometimes. But I've not been around a player that um, – you can talk to like, and I'm not talking from a media standpoint, but I, I think that he receives criticism from his contemporaries and his peers, and uh, whether it's you or Adrian 
or uh, Tony Beasley, as he did this year when he told Elvis he wasn't a very good shortstop at the All-Star break. I think he receives that in the right way as opposed to either A, getting defensive, B, just not hearing it at all, or, or C, not being able to process it. Well, I agree. One, he's a bright kid. He can definitely process it. He's a bright kid, and he wants to be good, right? And I think, you know, a lot of, I agree, a lot of people have kind of, uh, you know, criticized Elvis for his very fun-loving, uh, his very great, jovial personality. Uh, and for me, I mean, you know, you, Evan, you and I have talked about this. I wish when I played, because I was very, I was game on when I played. Oh, my God. And I wish, were... I wish I would have cracked more smiles. I wish I would have laughed more. I wish I would have, you know... Because I just felt like every time I got a hit or a big knock or, you know, I knocked a run in, I'd be like, I got another one coming. Don't, the game's not over. Don't celebrate. Another one coming. Let's go. But keep going. Keep pushing. I wish there were times I would have let loose and just enjoyed the moment. And um, so I don't think that's a bad thing in Elvis at all. I think it's a great thing. I think he enjoys, he enjoys succeeding, which is great. I think you gotta, in this game, you've got to celebrate wins. You've got to celebrate big moments because the tough moments are hard. You got to celebrate those big moments. That's one thing he does. I think it's going to help him. Actually, I think it's something that he should he should never lose. Yeah, I I think that's a good way to end that conversation on Elvis. He's he he does have the right approach um, in terms of being able to take criticism and also be able to still have fun playing the game. And it, it, it's good to see. I agree. Um, hey, before I let you go, is there somebody that fans should look for under the radar at spring training this year and keep their eyes on? Under the radar. Oh, man. Um, well, I'm going to go, let's see, in spring training. Um, you know, last year, and, and I'm going to brag on myself, but last year my guy was Kella. I mean, is there a guy? Oh, yeah. We're on a limb there. The guy with those 99. Real, real, <laughs> real short limb you went on there, Evan. Just going, bud. <laughs> guy with 99 and a hammer for a curveball. Be that as it may, Ev- Evan is shrinking back here now. Be that as it may. Do you have a name for me or not? I do. Uh, I would say, um, well, I don't think Joey is a is a. I think people know who Joey is now, but I'm looking forward to people seeing uh, Nomar Mazzara. Um, this guy can flat out hit. I mean, I'm talking not just hit, like I'm talking impact, big time run producer in the game. Great kid. Um, you know, got the, has the ability to be a clubhouse leader, a big, you know, positive impact guy. Um, man, he's a stud. Can't wait for people to see him Could on the mound. On the mound, the I would say don't take point? heads up, huh? Could we see him in the big leagues at some point this year? I think absolutely. Mm-hmm. No question about that. You think um, it, now it, it's a matter of fit. Right. You know, like you said, you know, we do have some uh, some left-handed bats. You know, we have Delino, who's a fantastic young player. What if she was going out there and doing his thing like he did in the second half? And Josh is playing like you know a healthy Josh can do. Now we got him. Now it's a matter of fit. Right. Right. Um, but ability-wise, and I'm sure production-wise, yeah, he's in a, he'll be he'll be banging down the door. That if the opportunity arises, he'll he'll be able to to step in and, and produce at a major league level. Sure, and he'd be one of those guys that gives the organization every problem they would love to have, which is making forcing the team to make a decision. Sure, he's going to be that kind of guy. You know, he'll come up here and have success and be all right. Now, what do we do? Which every team loves to have that kind of problem. Um, Michael. Yeah, it's me. This has been good baseball talk. Love it. Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, You've only told me, me that I was before, wrong like one time. Before, before you say, say goodbye to Michael, I will have a question. Michael, as you know, Evan is leaving on a trip to go to Italy and Israel in the next couple of days. When you go to Israel, it's tradition to go to the Wailing Wall and put a little slip in the wall with a prayer, with a hope. What, what, what would you like Evan to put in that wall in your name? What, what, what is your hope <laughs> or prayer for the new year? 
For for me? For you, yeah. For? He'll he'll do it for you. Won't you, Evan? Will you put the slip in for Michael? Everybody knows I'll do anything for Michael. Okay. What would you like? Thank you. Uh, you know what? I, I uh, Man, this is a deep question, so you're going to get a deep answer. Uh, I would say the one thing that I would like to get better at or, or be better at is I think that uh, we had a family little chat about this over the holidays. Is I'm at an age now, and I think we all are, where people always kind of say, or we say to ourselves, kind of, I am what I am. This is who I am at my age, you know. I can't really change this. I just accept it. I'm, I, I really am trying to fight that in my life right now. So if you can give me a prayer to actually say and challenge, you know, kind of challenge myself to change the things I know I can change and actually follow through with it as opposed to just chatting about it, um, that would be really, really nice. I'd appreciate that. Yeah, well, Christina and I have had a talk about that. There's a lot of things sure that you have to Sure you have, boy. Sure you have. Evan's asking for a subscription to the Hair Club for Men. Oh, beautiful. That's, That's what Evan's going to ask. He doesn't need that. I, I'm I'm happy with my low maintenance look, um, <laughs> Michael. Thank you for taking so much time. Your look, your look is very high maintenance. Because <laughs> he, you know, it's very difficult to to look low maintenance and be high maintenance. Exactly, it's, e- it's easy he, to be high maintenance and look high maintenance. Pulls it off seamlessly. Looks low maintenance and is still high maintenance. Agreed. Well, thank you guys both so much right, for happy the self esteem boost. Happy New Year, Mike. Michael, we'll see you soon. <laughs>